Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I am Billy Embody. Thank you for listening. We've got a lot to get to today on the podcast as SMU has reeled in quite a few commitments off of its official visit weekend this past weekend with a defense-only group on campus to check out Rhett Lashley's program. We'll run down the list of commits for you guys, but let me tell you, I mean, this is an impressive run that SMU's been on this month, landing landing now 11 commitments in the class of 2023. They headed into the month with guys like Jackson Lavender, Brandon Maizano, Randy Reese, and others on board, but they really got rolling when Keldrick Luster, the McKinney quarterback, committed. Then it was Reagan Gill. And Richter Connolly jumped on board, the two offensive linemen. And then the floodgates opened on the defensive side of the ball with Bryson Washington out of Franklin, Texas, a two-way athlete that's really impressive, committing to SMU. And then Monday, Katie Paytow, linebacker Alex Kilgore committed. And then just following him was Jaden Milliner-Jones out of DeSoto committing on Monday to give SMU three commitments in two days we will see if SMU can reel in any others from this recruiting weekend and I think they'll do just that at some point we'll touch on that a little later on in the podcast but let's let's lead off with Bryson Washington this is a huge land for SMU this is one of the top two-way prospects in the entire country he's the highest rated commitment in the class according to the on three consensus and on three, ranking him the number 27 overall athlete in the country. Boston College was expected to host him next weekend, but instead he says, you know what, I'm going to shut it down and commit to SMU. Baylor, Texas Tech, TCU, and others had already offered him. Had 119 total tackles, three forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, three tackles for loss, eight PBUs, a pick, and two touchdowns defensively, while also running for 1,376 yards and 22 scores on a state championship team, uh, earning also district MVP honors. So Bryson Washington also was a really solid track athlete this spring. This is a commitment that, you know, heading into the summer, I thought, okay, SMU is kind of in the mix here, but you kind of almost got the sense that maybe one of these bigger programs, so to speak, would scoop him up and and land him. But instead, he stays close to home. Uh, He actually said he's coming back home. Um, and, and, you know, it seemed like a really special moment for him to say, you know what, I'm going to stay in state and play my college ball in Texas. But for SMU, they get a key addition at the linebacker group. I think that's where he ends up uh, at the next level. Somebody that has the speed to play in this new era, not new era anymore, but era of college football with spread offenses and linebackers having to play in space and match up. I'm very interested to see how they use him, but this is a really nice land Uh, for SMU and he got things really going Um, and then Alex Kilgore followed uh, really around lunchtime on Monday uh, committing to SMU and he's somebody that ranks as an 86 according to on three which is a solid three three three-star prospect but he's the number 67 overall linebacker in the country really hadn't picked up too much recruiting steam but he plays for a really really talented uh, team that won a state title last year 106 tackles, 23 of which went for loss, 10 sacks, two pass breakups, a forced fumble and interception, two fumble recoveries, one that went for a score. 
And I think this is somebody that when you draw up linebackers these days, you want them in that 200-pound range uh, just based on what the NFL is telling us as far as how they draft. Kilgore, 6'2", 200, right in that range. I, I think on that Katie Paytow defense, he could blow up a little bit as a senior. You know, I think some people were maybe a little unsure of him playing next to Damian Samford, who was really, really blown up uh, this spring, but spring and summer. But, you know, SMU is really high on Alex Kilgore, and I think rightfully so. Super productive linebacker. That's something that I like to see at the very least, you know, when you get a linebacker out of high school is how productive is he? Is he always around the ball? Is he able to make plays? And, and that's what Alec Kil Alex Kilgore does. So despite, in a way, uh, SMU having to battle, you know, Rice, UTSA, Louisiana, and, and programs like that, I think he could be more of a diamond in the rough than, than people are giving him credit for. Now, somebody that really started off his recruitment hot uh, all the way back in 2020 picking up an SMU offer is DeSoto defensive back Jaden Milliner-Jones, uh, who kind of wrapped up the, the run of SMU commitments Monday night when he announced his commitment. Uh, look, SMU offered two years ago. That was a whole staff ago. But Jaden Milliner-Jones kind of went into his sophomore year um, and, and struggled, um, quite honestly. He wasn't what he necessarily was hoping for. And then he gets hurt heading into his junior year. I saw him in the spring. He was sitting out to kind of rest his body. The guy had just kind of worked so hard that um, I forgot what his exact injury was. But basically, the doctors told him, you need to rest and you need to stop. And so kind of managing himself, he worked himself back into shape and good health. And SMU kept recruiting him through the coaching chain, change, led by Scott Nady. Um, and then when Craig Nivar was hired, he kind of picked up. The slack recruiting him uh, stayed on him. Were able to you know keep a relationship going, and then by the end of his junior year, he had put together a really solid tape uh, for colleges to see. We saw him pick up some really quality Power Five offers in the evaluation period in January, and then he got, he came ready to go in the camp circuit. And uh, talking to a lot of people around Texas and and just guys who have scouted J Jade Milliner Jones for a couple of years now. Um, you know, no one associated with SMU, you know, very impressive what he put together this spring. Uh, he was ready to go for coaches that came through DeSoto and watched him do spring ball. He, um, you know, ran, ran, uh, ran track. He had good 40 times at camps and then he came to SMU and just competed and really, really was impressive in their camp. Um, just really a couple weeks after they saw him impress during spring ball and his spring game. So SMU turned up a turned up the heat on him. I think he was somebody that if they didn't do that, uh, certainly could have, you know, gone into the summer and, and taken some other visits. You know, Minnesota um, was one that was mentioned to me that there were you know, numerous other programs that were starting to turn the heat back up on him. Um, and he had a run of offers from that uh, mega camp as well at SMU. So he's somebody SMU I think is going to have to hold on to, you know, little, I would say, worried about durability, uh, just based on, you know, his past. But if he manages it well and, and, and has another terrific season, uh, especially, you know, start to finish versus just finishing the way he did last year, could be somebody that SMU is going to really have to fight to hold on to. But I like the pickup of Jaden Milliner-Jones. Um, they like him so much, they kind of moved the safety board around. Christian Ford was on there. He was expected to visit, and they kind of backed off of him. So a really nice pickup in Jaden Milliner-Jones. Now, 
as far as where the class stands right now. They've got 11 commitments so far, and they sit there uh, third in the AAC right now. Um, I think they could very well move up uh, as guys get more uh, rankings. Uh, I will say on three has everybody uh, ranked and accounted for. So we will see kind of how that goes um, for SMU moving up. Uh, UCF and Cincinnati are, are sitting in pretty good spots, though. So SMU will certainly have to finish well, um, you know, recruiting and things like that to make a move up in the class. But there's a chance that they could. They've got some other targets out there. Um, and let's touch on one of them. Damian Wimberly, the Austin Vandegrift defensive lineman who was on campus for his official visit, uh, he told me he was blown away. Um, and then shortly afterwards, he said he is going to announce his commitment on June 20th. He's headed to Texas Tech this weekend to check out the Red Raiders. But I, I feel pretty good about where SMU stands for him. Uh, he's got the size. He's got the length. He's got the athleticism Calvin Thibodeau is looking for. Honestly, if you look at his picture in the story we did um, after catching up with him on theponyexpress.com, he kind of looks like Devere Levelston. He's got a helmet on, so you can't really tell, but um, he really kind of looks the part of somebody that uh, is going to have the size pretty quickly to play up and down the defensive line. And so he's been a top target pretty much from the get-go. So if SMU can hold off Texas Tech, I think they, they're going to get good news on June 20th from Damian Wimberly, uh, and he would be a terrific addition in the class. Finally, uh, a couple other notes here on official visitors. Uh, SMU hosted uh, San Antonio Central linebacker, edge, defensive lineman, whatever you want to call him, Braden Flowers, um, and I think things went well with him. Uh, this is somebody that uh, I think is going to be kind of a sleeper in this class. He's got NFL genes. Uh, his his dad was um, uh, is uh, Eric Flowers, uh, defensive end and linebacker in the NFL, played for the Bills, played – College football at Arizona State, uh, had a nice little NFL career there uh, for a few years and, and was able to carve out a living there. Um, so he comes from a family of athletes. And, um, you know, I just think he's kind of slept on. You know, Houston, UTSA, Colorado State, and Iowa State are the schools talking with him the most. Uh, if he chooses to shut things down, I think SMU sits in a pretty good spot here. Again, position versatility there stands out. Uh, to me, he could play probably that edge all the way, you know, even with his frame could bulk up and kind of be like a defensive tackle ish, maybe, maybe on passing down. So I think there's some options there with him. And again, the athleticism probably stands out. He doesn't play the best competition, but, um, you know, really good prospect that they're high on at least. So we'll see, you know, sometimes you worry about making the jump up in competition, uh, to you know the college level when you play at a at a school like San Antonio Central Catholic, uh, but for the most part, I mean prospect that everything I've heard at least, and you know I mean take it with a grain of salt. You know just talking with people around SMU, they they really like what they they see in Braden Flowers. So um, we'll continue to monitor him. I'm interested to, interested to catch up with him and see if he takes more visits. But overall, um, you know a really good recruiting weekend. I, I do think. You know, four-star defensive back Jordan Sanford is somebody they're just going to have to hang in there with. Um, he's taken official visits uh, to Oklahoma State and Northwestern already. He's got Texas Tech up next. Um, he's, he's continued to go through his process. I think he probably wants to be committed before his senior season. And, and the good thing for SMU is if he does that, they, then they, they can – go down their list and, and maybe re-engage with a Christian Ford or take a transfer at safety, um, do things like that uh, to kind of uh, 
you know, continue to address the position because it's it's one of those groups that still needs a little bit of turnover. But Jordan Sanford told me that SMU remains high on his list. We'll see. I think this is probably the way it's trending. Going to come down to Texas Tech, uh, Oklahoma State, and SMU. So we'll kind of keep an eye on that one. Craig Nivar has worked his tail off on that recruitment. Um, and and Jordan Sanford just really liked being around the guys from what he told me. So we'll have that full story up on theponyexpress.com by the time uh, you guys are listening to this podcast on Wednesday morning. But um, I will say that, um, you know, I, I think Jordan Sanford probably a little bit of a long shot, similar to Brandon Bett, um, who is one of uh, SMU's other official visitors who was on campus. He just seems like he's going to go take some other bigger visits check things out and see where things stand. One prospect that I, I do think, while he said he's going to take it into the season, uh, and our interview will drop with him this week, uh, Jolajan Landry. He's a defensive end out of Houston, C.E. King. He thinks he's going to earn you know numerous more offers. And I, I, I can't blame him for thinking that. Obviously, you got confidence in yourself. He plays on a defensive line with Texas commit Dylan, San, uh, Dylan Spencer. Um, but... Uh, he does. He's already camped at Houston, so haven't seen a Houston offer roll in just yet for him. Uh, so that'll be something to kind of keep an eye on. It, I think he probably wants to stay at home and play for Houston is my bet. Um, but, uh, you know, SMU uh, is, is a school that has really set the bar high um, with with their official visit. And, you know, he's talking with Utah and UNLV about official visits this summer. Memphis and UL are in there. Baylor, Colorado, Houston, Texas, and Washington State are also showing interest. So he's kind of on the cusp of making that move up. And maybe after some of these uh, summer visits and, and commitments come from some of the prospects you know, that other schools are recruiting, maybe we see other schools move on, Jolajan Landry. Uh, but a really talented prospect. Just looking at the picture of him from his official visit, he's listed 6'3", 230. I mean, he looks like he has arms that, that can go, you know, that are from a 6'6 person. So like his length there, um, but we'll kind of see where his recruitment goes. He wants to take it into the season, so no rush there. Um, and, and you know, if SMU uh, somehow picks up somebody else, you know, maybe his spot gets taken, but that's the risk he's willing to take. Um, and I don't blame him. I, I think he, at least physically he looks the part of a, a Power 5 FBS type of prospect. So that's kind of the rundown on the official visitors that were in town. We will uh, – preview any official visitors that come up uh you know on our radar for this weekend later in the week uh we'll drop a podcast on thursday and that's when we'll have Kavaris hall uh the two-lane transfer defensive back on the podcast and and catch up with him about what life is like on the hilltop now that he's on smu's roster uh how summer workouts are going and things like that so with that we're going to wrap up this edition of the podcast hope you guys enjoyed a little rundown on the commitments um, and kind of what's next. We're, we're kind of trying to dig up information on Naredo Stoker, uh, South Oak Cliff. I did, completely forgot, didn't want to glaze over it completely, but he uh, SMU commit Naredo Stoker was at TCU this weekend for an official visit. We're trying to dig up info on where things stand, kind of what's next for him, um, because, you know, obviously SMU has two offensive linemen committed in the class. Richter Connolly, by the way, rated an 88 by on three, so really talented, you know, prospect there that gets some respect in the ratings um, but Naredo Stoker somebody that TCU's pressing for 
we'll see if SMU can kind of fend them off because I know SMU really likes Big Mike, and uh, I do as well. So uh, we're waiting for more info on that, But so we'll check back in with you guys um, once we get some uh, info on that. Um, but with that, we'll wrap up this edition of the podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Keep subscribing to OnThePonyExpress.com. We're growing like crazy. Appreciate all you guys who have subscribed. Um, I'm working on a lot of things for when I'm in, on my honeymoon here in a couple weeks, uh, 15 days from now, actually, uh, hoping that we can get some interviews knocked out and they'll just kind of drop throughout um, you know, my honeymoon. And, and you guys can listen to those on the podcast as well. So some player interviews, coaches interviews, things like that. So hopefully those get lined up and done. But for now, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you later this week.